Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Now that the pandemic-era border restrictions known as Title 42 have been lifted, it's estimated 6,000 migrants are in shelters across the San Diego-Tijuana border waiting to apply for asylum. Many had been waiting for days without much food, and they slept on the ground under bright lights. Lillian Serrano with the Southern Border Communities Coalition says she's worried about how authorities will handle the large number of people at the border. So what we're going to be seeing is a lot of need. And unfortunately, what we are afraid of, is we're going to see a lot of human rights violations. Our own government not being able to fulfill their commitments, not just to the migrants and the right thing to do, but also our international treaties. We sign treaties with the international community stating that we will respect their human rights, yet that's not what we're seeing. The new policies crack down on illegal crossings while also setting up legal pathways for migrants who apply online, seek a sponsor, and undergo background checks. If successful, the reforms could fundamentally alter how migrants arrive at the U.S.-Mexico border. But it will take some time to see results. President Biden has conceded that the border will be chaotic for a while. My California Report co-host Saul Gonzalez is there and will bring us his first-hand account of these first days on Monday. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Later this morning, Governor Gavin Newsom will announce how big of a budget deficit the state is expecting next year and how he plans to close that gap. CalMatters' Alexei Kossif has a preview. In January, state finance officials projected a more than $22 billion deficit. But the shortfall we're going to hear more about today is likely to be even greater now because for months, tax revenues have been coming in lower than what the government estimated. 
On Thursday, the governor tried to get ahead of this bad news with an announcement of $250 million in new spending for flood control projects and disaster relief. This comes after a winter of brutal storms that regions across the state are still recovering from. But we're mostly expecting Newsom to pump the brakes on some of the spending and programs that California has committed to over the past few years. As always, it's hard to predict specifics ahead of time. Much of the current legislature has never had to navigate budget negotiations when the state was in a deficit. So it could be a challenge as lawmakers must reach a compromise with Newsom before July when the next fiscal year begins. For the California Report, I'm Alexi Kossef in Sacramento. Fire season is fast approaching in California, and as the climate warms, fires are expected to be more intense. This comes as California struggles to beef up its wildfire personnel. But a new program in the Bay Area aims to help build that workforce. The Inc. fire in Napa County has burned 50 acres. and That's 75 percent contained tonight. But it's a very different story for the sand fire burning in neighboring Yellow County. It's that June of 2019, and the sand fire is the latest blaze ravaging the state. It's intense. It, you kind of get this feeling like you're going in a war. This is like my first real fire. That's Benjamin Fowler. He was one of the inmate firefighters pushing back against the blaze that grew to 2,500 acres. After spending most of his adult life in prison, he says he thrived in that environment. I had a, a passion for it. I found out I had a drive for it. Participating in firefighting can shorten people's prison sentences, which was another motivation for Fowler because he had a 10-year-old son waiting for him to be released. In 2022, Fowler was released early from prison. He knew he wanted to become a firefighter, but he didn't know where to start. I didn't know how the application process went. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how my resume should look. I didn't know what I was doing. I spent close to 21 years of my life and I'm 41, so I'm not tech savvy at all, right? His parole officer connected him with a work center, and his caseworker there immediately connected him to the Forestry and Fire Recruitment Program. That program helps formerly incarcerated people get jobs fighting California wildfires. Royal Ramey is a formerly incarcerated firefighter and co-founder of the program. Our mission was to help increase the number of wildland personnel or wildland firefighter personnel from non-traditional and unrepresented communities. Ramey says many people who fought fires while incarcerated are interested in getting back to that, but they don't know where to begin. That's where the Forestry and Fire Recruitment Program comes in. And what we do is we provide them with the basic certifications so they can have that entry-level position with the Forest Service or CAL FIRE. It's a six-month paid training course. Since he started the program in 2015, 175 people have graduated and gone on to fight fires across the state. Last year, CAL FIRE approved a $3.7 million grant for the program to help establish a cohort in the Bay Area. And last month, 14 formerly incarcerated men graduated from that program. That number may seem small, but with a shortage of wildland personnel, every new addition matters. That's according to Chris Anthony, the chief deputy director with CAL FIRE. What was really exciting about this first cohort um, out of the Bay Area program, nearly all of the participants were going to be moving into work with the United States Forest Service. Cal Fire also works with the Ventura Training Center, which trains formerly incarcerated people to work on prescribed fires and become state certified firefighters. You're talking first. I'm talking right now. 
In Fairfield, Benjamin Fowler is waiting to start his employment with the Mendocino National Forest Ranger District 5. In the meantime, he's picking up his son from school and taking him to baseball practice. That's not a relationship that I'm prepared to sacrifice. Even though it's for pursuant of my dream, I'm a father first. Fowler got job offers across the state, but he says it was important to him to stay close to his son. And that's the California Report for Friday, May 12th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beal, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Misaguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at Guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.